Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games, making games, and saving the whales, brought to you by Oh Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oh Rock Studios. I'm Michael Gray. Do I have an official job title at Oh Rock Studios yet? <laughs> I think we've been talking about this for months now, and I don't think you... you. I mean, honestly, I completely made up the head boy, so you're completely as as long as you the title you make up isn't higher ranking than head boy you can do whatever you want i'm i'm a contract worker um <laughs> i i will be receiving the 1099 uh miscellaneous oh yeah you i have, have to until, do that don't you i you have until january 31st to send it <gasps> oh crap really okay hey i guess i know what i'm doing on monday thanks for letting <laughs> me know let me uh let me check my calendar real quick and write that down <laughs> I think that's the official date. I'm not entirely sure. That's hilarious. Well, good thing you let me know, because I wasn't going to do it until February. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, businesses have until, like, the 31st to send out a W-2. I don't know what the rules are for uh, a 1099 miss. Hmm. Well, if I can get it done Monday or Tuesday, it should get to you in time. This is fun. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I've got... <laughs> You've got a couple well, yeah. of extra weeks anyway. You're you're not gonna sue me if I if I mess it up. No, no, no. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> so what's up? How you doing? Uh, you have a new baby now. I do have a new baby, and I think as as uh, I, I've kind of indicated, it's like, oh man, this IRS job is getting getting kind of heavy. Uh, tax tax day starts Monday, actually, uh... or is it Sunday or whatever? That's when that's when people can start filling out taxes for the year, and so I'm gonna yeah. Be hitting... My wife just got her W two in the mail. Yeah, so I'm going to be hitting the phones for real, and it's it's going to be it's going to be um, interesting. Are you allowed to tell us what you do? Like, do you are you do you like offer? Is it like a support line for people who need help? Or I uh, I work the refund line, and yeah, it's basically a customer service support line. Cool. And you know, I guess I probably shouldn't go into any more detail than that. Other than I'm working for the IRS, I'm I'm working with refunds. <laughs> that's cool. Hey, you, I mean, you have a grown up job. That's more than I can say. So. I know it's fantastic. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I have a new baby, and that's actually uh, somewhat related to some of the podcast topics we were talking about. Because um, what happened? I, I uh, Daniel Castro, a friend of ours, uh, challenged me to a baby competition or something. <laughs> well, yeah, we had to see who who. Uh... I guess Game Cola adjacent at this point, because you're not really on the Game Cola staff anymore, are you? No, not really. But but see, uh, who in the, the Game Cola family has the cutest baby? Mm-hmm. And so uh, Paul said, we need to have a, a dating sim with babies I, now. I did not say dating sim. I did not say dating sim. I, I'd better check this out. What, what did you, <laughs> you say <better>. then? <laughs> I think I said visual novel. Visual novel. Okay, I think you're changing it afterwards. Cause... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what I did was I wrote a little spec for, uh, it's like, how could we have a dating sim with, with a, a baby? I don't know how that works. <laughs> the idea is extremely upsetting. And it ended up being upsetting, but it, it, yeah. it is fun. Basically, I just wrote like a, a, a fairy tale story. Basically, it's sort of like Brave, except in being instead of being turned into a bear, she gets turned into a baby. Yeah, no, I'll admit it was a pretty cute story uh, until it got to the... Um end i guess <laughs> when you realized what the baby had to do yeah i'm like oh if this is a dating sim uh and it's a princess love's first kiss will undo the spell <laughs> and, then, and then it's like wait a minute 
babies babies can't actually do that they can't <laughs> actually rosie's uh, just still um she hasn't quite figured out how to smile yet but her mouth muscles are to the point where she can stretch her mouth sideways i guess like uh, open her mouth wider and so um yeah it, it would physically be impossible to have like kissing in a uh, love's first kiss in a baby dating no, sim no no baby kissing so I tried I tried uh, rewriting it a little bit. Uh, I don't think I sent you the the rewrite. I think we just went back and forth on it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the last uh, we talked, we were talking, we were just kind of throwing around ideas for a baby visual novel, perhaps without the dating elements. Yeah. So what I did was I had the mom suggest, uh, "Oh, I, I I love her. I can give her love's first kiss and stuff." Okay. Okay. That's not bad. I don't know. So, uh, off-the-wall visual novels, I guess. I guess Cat President has already won, but I, I think you mentioned something. I just want to want to hear about this, this uh, basically a cow game. Oh, jeez. Well, that one wasn't a dating sim. I, that's, I've been throwing that idea at the wall for years and years at this point. Like, I think I actually even mentioned it in Game Cola, which I haven't written for them for three or four years at this point, so I should tell you how old the idea is. Uh, but no, I wanted to do... Uh, I mean, a classic retro-style point-and-click adventure game starring a cow. A cow who is not really special in any way, who can pretty much just do cow things. So I want to have, like, the classic verb menu at the bottom of the screen that a lot of LucasArts games had with, you know, they would have walk, pick up, talk, push, pull, stuff like that. But I wanted them to be cow-themed, so it would be like, bite, moo, (laughs) kick... Uh, and my favorite one, which would be Utter, <laughs> which would be the cow having the ability to... to and, and this is, of course, stretching the bounds of cow biology somewhat, but the ability to uh, produce milk at will, which I just sounds like a fantastic skill for an adventure game, I think. I think, I think it would work. It, it would work. Okay, and I, I have your actual tweet here. It says, Game Idea Visual Novel Starring Babies, and that was in all caps. Okay. Visual Novel. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why I was thinking when I was doing the baby, um, writing up the baby game, it's like, oh, this would be good as an adventure game. It's like, wait, Mm -hmm. isn't that like the King's Quest, though? They have princes and princesses having never played a King's Quest game. (laughs) Well, they don't, they don't generally star babies, so there is that. Yeah, and and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, didn't Paul just get finished making an awesome game, which is sort (laughs) of like prince and princess, uh, I don't know, it's... Adjacent. I mean, there's royalty is involved. We'll say. Yeah, I know there was a castle, and I always thought that yeah. having not played the game, I'm trying to remember what the female character's name is. Oh, uh, Lily. Lily. I always thought she was a princess, just because she was dressed all fancy, <laughs> and there was a castle. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm making no, assumptions. If you, you want to find out, you'll have to play the game. Uh, actually, everyone should. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give away any numbers, but Cat President sold way better than that game did, unfortunately. Yeah, I keep meaning to 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 buy it, but I've I've got yeah no free time now. Hey, I did one video walkthrough in the past three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was something I was going to. I'm I'm thankful that you were able to make time for the podcast. I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to. What you know, with a one month old in the house, mm-hmm. like I mean, I have no baby experience whatsoever but my understanding is that they generally take up a lot of your time so i was actually kind of wondering how that was working for you juggling baby time with your grown-up job 
and also doing the game development stuff on the side. Like, how's that working out for you so far? So at most, um, the baby is going to sleep three to four hours in a row. Mm. So that's basically why babies take a lot of time is because, well, they can't sleep that long because they, they, they will either need food or they'll need to be changed or walked around or entertained or, you know, something, some sort mm-hmm. of combination. And I was actually thinking that could be a good uh, a video game challenge. <laughs> uh, video game challenge or, you know, big moral dilemma. It's like, okay, I know the baby pooped our diaper. It's like, do I do I change the diaper now? And that would require waking her up and moving her, and she's going to wake up, and then she won't go back to sleep. It's like, or do I not change the diaper and risk having her get diaper rash, and then she'll be crying even more. That probably is how the the visual novel about uh, babies is going to go. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. So wait, would you like play as the as a grown-up or the one of the parents in like the opening scene or something, or...? I, I you you ultimately would play as the baby is my understanding, or as a baby. Yeah. So what we've got, uh, I mean, we're just you're just still kicking around ideas. Let me oh, respond yeah. to the ideas you sent. <laughs> Anything where a person turns into a baby and has to find a way to live out their day to day life as a baby would probably be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's totally true though. <laughs> They're babies. They're really small. They can't do anything. Isn't that like a movie? It's like. It's like Big, the movie Big, except the opposite. Mmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I can't... I think the closest is something like Freaky Friday, where the mom and the and, and the daughter uh, trade Dad switches bodies. place with the baby. Dad switches place with the baby, and Dad's body has the baby's brain in it. Oh, no! <laughs> yes! Not- no, wait, no, wait. Do you switch between the two characters, though, where you have to, like, play as the baby trying to control the dad's body? Oh, wait. That would be weird. Oh, man. No, I mean, uh, I think that was one of your ideas, where um, you switch off between, like, the baby and the witch, if we go with the fairy tale theme. That's right, that's right, yeah. It was just, I mean, because you had mentioned, uh, not on the podcast, but in the email, um, making a game where you have a character that can cast magic spells as just, you know, a gameplay mechanic. And if we already have a witch character in this game, maybe that would be a way to do something like that. I don't know exactly what the witch would be doing or what the witch's goals would be, though, because it kind of seems like after the beginning of the story, when the witch has turned the princess into a baby, like the witch is kind of done. So we'd have to we'd have to figure out what the witch's goal would be. What the witch's goal would be is witch is going back to witch country and, and um, checking with the witch council, I guess. Or you know, it's just <laughs> just like going back home to where all the witches are, witches island or whatever. Trying to it's like, hey guys, um, uh, I might have turned the princess into a baby. Does anybody know a way to reverse this spell? I'm, I'm, now I'm picturing her like like Harry Potter going in front of the Wizengamot for. Uh, for casting spells poorly. I wonder if that's, uh, like, she goes in front of the witch's, you know, yeah, like the witch's council, the witch's judicial system. <laughs> Write that idea down. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that, so that would be fun that we'd have, like, the baby doing the visual novel portion of the game and then the witch doing, like, some sort of, uh, I, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but, like, because we're already working on a, a lawyer game, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the witch doing her own kind of Phoenix Wright segments where maybe, uh, Instead of playing the prosecution or the defendant, she's playing as the the person being the accused, the accused. Well, here's a random question, and I'm probably sure the answer is no. But would it be possible for us to do something like the baby's segment is all visual novel, and then the witch's segment is all adventure game novel? Ah, uh, I mean adventure not game. Not impossible. Um, 
So I definitely, so the, the software we use for visual novels is RenPy, and then I use Adventure Game Studio for adventure games. And uh, I do not think there's a way I could like combine the two. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have to be figuring out adventure game mechanics in RenPy or visual novel mechanics in AGS, which uh, probably isn't impossible. But, uh, not something I know how to do right now, but for the right idea, I could at least look into it. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm such a bad person rereading your email here. There's a third Uh-oh. paragraph about adventure game. <laughs> yeah, so let me see. You say adventure game with magic, something like The Legend of the Crystal Valley. I haven't heard of that. Um, no one no one has ever heard of this game. I think I got it at a yard sale. Okay, so let me see if I can pull up the game that I was randomly thinking of, which again, nobody has heard of. Did I actually tell you the name of the game? Um, I don't think you did. You said it was it was based on something, right? Unfinished um, Tills Illicit Love, which is based on Thumbelina. <laughs> illicit Love? I know, right? It's, How is that a Thumbelina game? It... I don't know. I don't think the title really fits. It sounds like an upsetting Japanese game. <laughs> It's it's an okay game. Basically, what happens is that I, I forget something bad happens to the prince, and Thumbelina has to do stuff in order to save him. I don't know the story of Thumbelina. I mm. feel like um, the game was kind of hurt by trying to do the story of Thumbelina. Or let me put it this way: if I knew the story of Thumbelina, I'm sure the game would make a heck of a lot more sense. Why there's like a giant hedgehog and stuff, <laughs> and pirates. There were like pirates on a giant hedgehog. I'm like, what? I don't know. I've never read the Thumbelina story. Yeah, I don't know enough about Thumbelina to know if that's accurate or weird, or both, I guess. It could be both, but yeah, no, the bonus chapter to that game, just the first, like, 15 minutes of the bonus chapter where you play as the evil witch, it it was awesome, where she's just casting magic left and right. Um, have you played, oh gosh, by Wajidai Games, uh... The, oh, um, Wizard of the Wiz- Oz one. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't played it. I remember reading your review way back in the day. Yeah, there's a magic mechanic to that, which is really, um, I'd say simplified, though. Because basically, the game is open-ended, but the magic segments are not, if that if that makes sense. So, like, um, you know, it, you can either go to the northern part or the southern part of the country, and those are basically their own separate adventures. So the magic spells you learn in the northern part never get used anywhere else. And the spells oh, you weird. learn in the southern part never get used anywhere else. So it's basically, it's like two different self-contained um, little adventures there. I don't I don't know. I always thought it was strange. <laughs> I, the, um, yeah. So the way I was picturing it would be, you know how uh, adventure games have inventories, right? Like inventory screens. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of picturing the inventory screen, you know, all the items in the middle, and then maybe... Like, the bottom row would have uh, I just individual icons for each of the individual spells you can cast. So, if, like, doing it that way, it would work, it would be, it would be super easy to code, because I could just code the, the magic spells as inventory items, basically. And you could use them exactly the same, go into inventory, click on the spell, exit, and then click on the thing you want to use the spell on. Um, that would be, that would be pretty simple to do, actually. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly how the, uh, the Wizard of Oz yeah. game does it. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, the... Whatever I already forgot the name of the game I Crystal talked about. Crystal Valley, Legend of the Crystal it's Valley. So generic sounding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Uh, so this is kind of a sidebar, but I think the reason I liked that game so much is that it was like it was just really weird, and it was really weirdly translated. So every line was just like 
I guess comedic, but also mostly awkward. <laughs> it just kind of made me laugh the whole time I was playing it. <laughs> um, I don't think it's like even available anywhere. Um, when I was emailing you about it, I was trying to find a link so I could share it. And like, it's, you know, it's not on Steam. It's not on GOG. It's not on any of those websites. <laughs> so I'm not sure how anyone could even play it at this point. Well, I mean, come on, that, that sounds better than unfinished tales illicit love. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if I was just going by names alone, I would I would probably click on illicit love better than, before I would click on Legend of Mist- Crystal Valley. I can't like I'm looking at the name and I can't remember it. That's that's how generic that name is. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Ideas. We'll just we'll just kick kick some yeah. back and forth and um figure out anything else but yeah i mean because that's that was one of the ideas you brought up too was uh you know the adventure game starring the baby who can only do baby things and that's what made me think of basically a cow because i kind of feel like if we do an adventure game about a baby who can only do baby things i feel like that then if i want to go and do basically a cow later like it would seem like i'm ripping myself off um so i don't know i don't know if i'm ever going to do basically a cow i have a gigantic like outline all written out and I started working on a script, but, you know, I kind of stopped because uh, I can't draw. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> well, I did I did my drawing thing of the cow. That That's actually ended tr- up That's pretty tr- good. That was, a, that was a pretty good cow, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so that was, that was something um, maybe we should think about is um, I, don't, I don't think we should, if we're going to do a point-and-click adventure game, I don't think we should launch into a big project first, but mm-hmm. maybe we could try to put together, you know, like I mentioned in the email, like a small, like, one- or two-room game, like, the my Nigerian prince of adventure games for us. Yeah, so that was that was the paragraph of your email, which I just noticed just now. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that makes it great. Because I, um, yeah, I've played adventure games like those, just one or one or two rooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Do you have any short adventure game things you 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 want to? Uh, any short adventure game ideas you wanted to throw out oh. there besides uh, baby stuff? <laughs> um the only <laughs> I, I all i had was like the basic premise of of a game like based on one of those live real life room escape things have mm-hmm. you ever done one of those i've talked about it a lot i've but never have you ever... never done one uh, actually oh you're oh wait yeah portland has to have these it's got portland it's has got to have like 10 of, them, of these yeah yeah <laughs> No, I mean, they're cool. Like, you know, someone locks you in a room or sometimes a series of rooms and you have to, you know, examine your environment and pick up clues and figure out how to open up locks and treasure chests and stuff like that. There, I, we just did a Harry Potter themed one in uh, Ithaca here and it was really cool. Um, so, I mean, just something like that where you're playing a video game of someone doing a room escape would be, like, re- really weirdly meta, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think room escapes are kind of based on adventure games to begin with. But then maybe doing something like, like, you think you're in a real, you're in a room escape, but then it turns out that you're actually, like, literally locked in a room. <laughs> and there's dangerous stuff happening. Like, some, I don't know. The worst that, high school reunion ever comes back to oh life. No. <laughs> that could work. Well, yeah, actually, that's how um, a lot of these room escapes kind of advertise themselves, is that they're, they're for reunions, or they're for, a lot of them are for, like, uh, team-building exercises. So we could, you know, drop, like, a bunch of corporate people who have never, you know, have no experience with this sort of thing into, a, into one of these and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or, or, yeah, people in their high school reunion. 
But yeah, so I think if we did want to pursue this idea, which we don't have to, like I said, it's just kind of off the top of my head, but maybe uh, you could check out uh, one of your room escapes in Portland to, to see what they're all about. I mean, you should anyway, because they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I would need a group to go with, I think. Yeah, well... Um, so the one, uh, Lizzo and I did in Connecticut, they actually let you do it with only two people. Hmm. Uh, we lost, but <laughs> it was fun. Interesting. But yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Okay. So do we have any other, um, I mean, those are like basic ideas. It, it was weird. I was on the bus the other day, um, you know, going to work. It's like, wait, I'm on the bus going to work and I'm not writing something. This feels wrong. <laughs> this is the first time I've done it in like two months. And so I actually started kicking out things for, um, gosh, I think the only game I had was Francie Drew and the Speed Dating Sham. Oh man, we are, we are never going to get caught up on all these scripts. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, but I, I finished, uh, or, yeah, no, let's talk about Francie Drew uh, 2, I suppose. Because yes, that's sort yeah, of what yeah, inspired yeah. me to, to start writing again on Francie Drew and the Speed Dating Sham. Or at least, um, you know, doing a little bit of the story. I have no idea what the main story is. I basically just want to do a parody of uh, Nancy Drew games 1 and 3. It's like, because the second game is basically a parody of the... Kind of a parody of the second Nancy Drew game. Kind of, kind of not. It's got the same basic idea, where... It, there's a soap opera, whatever you call it, soap opera set. They're filming a soap opera, and a lot of the game takes place on that. So I think past that, it's not too much into parody territory. But um, I, I thought it was a nice, it was nice setup for a visual novel, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the game works pretty well. Yeah, nice location, coming up with cool puzzles. Cause, so the way I did that was... Um, I think with some of the puzzles, didn't I just go on Facebook and just ask, hey, what could be a puzzle I would have with with a, a, an actor in a soap opera? And somebody suggested, uh, maybe he's really bad with computers. Oh my god, that puzzle is the best part. It's my favorite thing I in know, the whole so game. thank you, random, random person on Facebook, for that idea, because it works so oh, well. It's, it just, you. I mean, the way you wrote it, like, it... It sounds so much like me giving tech support to my mom over the phone. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, that's oh, it's so good. I can't wait for people to play that. Yeah, so, um, no, it's just interesting playing through the game, seeing what puzzles I like, because I like that puzzle the most. I also like the uh, hidden objects challenge, just because it's so weird and random. I love it. And I don't know, it's like all the puzzles I like are the puzzles that are at the very end of the game and none of the <laughs> ones at the beginning. Oh, everyone is going to love the, the the math puzzle. Oh, I think. that is going, That's going to be everyone's favorite. That is going to be like... A... <laughs> my, my most recent time testing it, it had been a few months since I played the game last and I couldn't solve the stupid math puzzle. It took me like 10 minutes to get past that scene because I, I was like misreading one of the lines in the document. Yeah. So, I, if, I mean, it, if I, the person who coded this puzzle, it still struggles with it. Like, I can't even imagine. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I feel like we need to have a bypass for that, like with the uh, other yeah. puzzle in the first game, which was just... Oh, that's right. We did do that. Like some sort of I hate math button. Get me out of here. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, but th- <laughs> but then we can't have the death sequence for that particular puzzle if Francie fails it. Uh. <laughs> I forgot that was there. 
<laughs> I guess, yeah, we should probably add that. At least add a skip, I think, for that particular yeah. puzzle. I don't think any of the other puzzles in the game are so hard that um, people would have problems with them. No, I mean, yeah, well, I guess I guess we'll find out um, when we get around to testing the game. We'll, we'll be able to find out if there's anything people are particularly struggling with. But uh, I imagine it's going to be that, especially since the way I coded it. And, and thankfully, this is in giant letters on the thing, so you can't miss it, but you have to have the dollar signs and the decimal points in all the right places, too. Aw, you really, you can't reprogram it the other way around, or is that just impossible? Uh, it's not, well, we already, like, it already says on the form that it has to be that way, and it will be rejected if you don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. We put that, like, we wrote that into the puzzle. Um, I guess it's not impossible, but, you know... We already, I already had to account for like, what was it, three different solutions to the puzzle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that three, would that's be... like, you know, two or three answers per field. So if we account for whether the person has the dollar sign or not, it would double per, it would, it would add, you know, like a million different, not a million, but enough different solutions. And, and honestly, I kind of like it as part of the puzzle. Like, I kind of like that, mm -hmm. that the, uh, the bank is being, like, really pedantic about their paperwork. I kind of, I think that kind of fits. I was going to say, um, we could do the old school text adventure style where all it does is check for the first three digits of your answer and doesn't <laughs> check for, like, the final three. So all it checks is for dollar sign two zero. It doesn't check for you know like <laughs> comma spirit zero zero zero. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. I guess yeah. But I don't then know if people that would make could, a huge difference. Then people yeah. could break the puzzle though. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, my my real big fear with that is that people are going to find another answer that we're not accounting for. Yeah, no, that because <laughs> I think w when we started testing it, like. Like a year ago at this point, I think I found one that we weren't accounting for. So I'm kind of afraid that other people are going to find ones we haven't figured out yet like that. Yeah, so we're getting pretty close to finishing the, the Francie Drew to oh, yeah. us. Francie too is almost done at this point, but um, we wanted to release it as part of a collection of other games. So we have to finish those other games too. Yeah, what I thought was, um, let me see, um, behind the scenes work with the names for the uh, artwork. In Francie, it's literally like F1, F2, F3, F5, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw the the artwork for uh, Trapped in a Soap Opera, where it's basically, it would be like F happy, and then F happy 2 is him being happy with his mouth closed. I did notice that, and then it would be like F happy 2 L to indicate that they're facing left in this art. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was a pretty good way to do that. Yeah, so should I, like, keep that naming convention from now on, I guess? Yeah, it might as I mean, if, as long as it's not, like, creating an undue amount of work for you. Yeah, no, um, it wasn't an undue amount of work. It's okay, basically yeah, then, just, then it's uh, fine, go for it. It's, it's definitely easier. Like, especially if, like, for whatever reason, I need to find a different, uh, different view to put in the game. It's easier for me to say, okay, that one's the happy one, instead of going through all of them to figure out which one looks happy. Because that's what I had to do with, with Francie Drew every single time. I, I memorized, <laughs> like, some of them at one point. I'm like, okay, F4 gets used all the time, so I, I know what that yeah. is. But... So it'd be easier for you, too, then. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll have to do something like that for, uh, for... The pizza delivery will you save the world, too, because we'll have different emotions for all the photographed characters for that game. Yeah, we need to so come we'll... up with the, uh, I, I mean, I, we're coming close to the final draft on the, the pizza delivery yes. boy. So um, I think the next step is basically just coming up with a list of the characters, or the list of poses and things. 
Yeah, I was. I mean, I was thinking exactly that. Like, we'll need a list of the characters and like a very general physical description, mm-hmm. and that way, and and the, yeah, the poses we need, and that way we can set up a little casting page for uh, people to submit their pictures to. Well, I'm most. I forget if we talked about that on the podcast yet, or I don't know. But I just got two books in the library on uh, how to do stage makeup and stuff like yes. that. So I've got, I've got if. If I cannot figure out how to age myself thirty years, it's going to be sad. But I've also been growing out, <laughs> growing out my beard, and so <laughs> yeah, it's because Michael will be playing two characters in this game: um, one a younger and one an older version of of that character. <laughs> because there's time travel, I feel like that's something I do too much in my games. <laughs> Whatever, time travel's awesome. It is amazing, but I feel like. Um... No, maybe not that. I think I just noticed, like, three games in a row that there's a character who pulls out a gun on the main character. Because that <laughs> happens in soap opera. That happens in Francie 2. Does it happen in Francie 1 also? I don't think so. Oh, uh, maybe not, no. My Nigerian Prince? I don't know. Oh, uh, man. I can't remember that far back. Yeah, could, could you give me a second? I need to take a break for a moment. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for holding. I finished researching your account, and I found that your refund <laughs> is actually being offset to pay all the child support you haven't been... Uh... Oh, this is extremely upsetting. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not getting... I don't think I'm getting a refund this year. Oh, no. Well, no, you've got self-employment income. You need to have... Yeah. Um. Basically, they penalize you if you're not within, like, 90% of your estimate. My estimate? Uh-oh. Uh, do you make estimated tax payments? You should. Ah, uh, sounds like I should be. I can figure that out. No, no, no. I mean, um, yeah, no, I'm not trained on tax law, so I don't, I don't know the specifics. But there are basically two different ways they calculate how much you should estimate, um, you estimate taxes if you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, there are basically two different ways. And if you screw them up, if you screw up both of them, they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not do estimated taxes for 2016. Up until now, most of my income was coming from from my grown up job. But now I'm just kind of a freelancer with them, and it, now most of my income is coming from this stuff. So, so um, I was surprised by how much. Um, I mean, Cap President was um, way more than I was expecting. Yeah, it's done all right. Because uh, all the other games we've made, like, I could actually get it. Didn't it make me, like, $10 all of 2015? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you exactly. I, I actually, I, so I have uh, I have numbers for how much money I've earned off of each game anyway. So not not the total amount that we've earned, that we have earned. But, so, for example, my Nigerian Prince, I personally have made $18.90 off of that game. <laughs> Francie Drew won. I made $47.83. So, yeah, Cat President is a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was worried that would throw off, like, my estimated taxes or something. Yeah, Because it's like, wait yeah. a minute. You, he's like, buddy, you, you totally lied about how much money you expected to make this year. <laughs> I was like, no, I wasn't well, expecting yeah. Cat President to, to make a lot <laughs> of money. 
So for our, for our listeners, the the big big difference between those games and Cat President is that Cat President was released on Steam. <laughs> so the the lesson we learned here is that if it's not getting released on Steam, it's almost not worth releasing. <laughs> so that's why what I keep talking about the um the bundle of all the short games I want to do. That's why I want to release it that way instead of releasing them individually because individually I don't think they're going to pass Steam Greenlight, but you know, as as a collection of short stories, I think they got a fighting chance. I think um, only one or two of them. I think Francie 2 would be good individually. I think Who Am I is yeah. also good individually. I, I'm i not sure if I like the soap opera game anymore. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> now I want to write Trapped in an Anime instead. Oh, Same premise. Do you want me to stop working on the soap opera game? No, 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 no. We, 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 oh, we've already... Yeah. We need to we've finish it. Yeah, it's almost yeah. done. It's, I don't know, it's the soap opera game has three different storylines. I like storyline number two. I really like storyline number three. I just don't know if storyline number one is any good at all. Ah, uh, well, I haven't gotten that far in playing it yet. I've mostly just been working on the intro. Yeah, and so um, it feels like it'd be awful just to cut out storyline number one because it's a third of mm-hmm. the game. It's a short game. It's only like five pages per uh, storyline. Yeah. So I think probably what we should do is, uh, if we send out for testing, just ask the testers which ones, which one did you like the most, and they will be one, two, and three. We'll just arrange them based on you know how popular they are with the testers, <laughs> so that people will play the most fun ones first. Yeah, that's that was or, the general yeah. idea. I like that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Francie 2, just like based on length alone, would have the best chance of getting through by it. It's like, cause, I mean, that's that's the sort of the main thing I look at is just how long is this game? Will, yeah, will people be willing to buy it by itself? And I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the collection of short stories idea, too. I think that's kind of fun. And that like sets us up in the future to do similar things if we have like other weird one-off ideas that that maybe can't stand on their own, but would be a, you know, a cute little thing to put in a collection like this. Like basically a cow or a... <laughs> basically a cow is an, is a very long game. <laughs> That's another reason why I haven't started making it in earnest yet. Actually, let me, let me see real quick. Yeah. So the, oh, okay. It's not as long as I thought. So the design document is, is 12 pages, 6,000 words. Oh, not that bad. Did I actually send you a copy of the Sherlock Holmes uh, game, which I totally made? Um, no, I know, I know. I remember seeing that it was on Itch.io at some point. Yeah, no, it's like sold no copies. So I think we can ah. easily throw that into the Francie and Friends, um, uh, into the package. It's like, hey, here's another game. It's a text adventure Sherlock Holmes game I did before I started making games in earnest, so. Yeah, we can do that. Not going to cost us anything. <laughs> So I guess I got a question of how we would write an ad- adventure game. Let me see. I think I had that question the last time, adventure game. <laughs> oh, we were talking about writing an adventure game. Is Basically, do you just like make a list of here are all the things that are in the room that you can interact with? I guess you would have to. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know how real game studios do it, but I mean, that's, that's sort of how I do it. Like, I just have a big Word document. Um, I have a paragraph that sort of describes the room that we're walking into. And then I have like basically a list of things in the room that you can interact with and what happens when you, so like I'll have talk on person underlined, and then it'll describe like what happens when you talk to that person 
or it'll be like, use crowbar on door, and then what the character says or does when you use the crowbar on the door. Uh, it's, a, it's a very, very basic format. And as I said, I'm not sure. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure that other studios don't do it this way. Real professionals in the field uh, don't do it this way. But it's what, it's, it worked fine for the beard in the mirror, and it was pretty easy to code. I do seem to think with Pepper's Adventures in Time, somebody uploaded um, like the script for that game, and it was interesting how they formatted it. I think it was something like um, what you're describing, except the script they formatted is completely different from what the actual game is so i have no idea yeah like different puzzles and different different characters i think and everything so i i don't know yeah well with um so with the beard in the mirror we we ran into the problem that um so uh, lizzo coded basically the first half of the game and i coded the second half and while she was working on the game like she was literally like writing the dialogue as she was coding it um, in, in the game engine. So there's no script for that part of the game. <laughs> so the entire like game, uh, document that I have game design document that I have is, is just for like the second half, just the part I designed. So when I was very, very briefly looking into maybe doing voice acting for the game, I realized that <laughs> the first hurdle would just be figuring out what all the dialogue even is <laughs> just because we don't have like a handy list of it anywhere. Yeah. So I think that would be, um, yeah, because I feel if we were gonna make like a just a short, small adventure game, it would it would be um, I don't know, not something that's dialogue heavy or story heavy. It'd be we want to test out can we actually make puzzles in a room and figure out yeah. how to you know interact with things in the puzzle and is animation a thing? <laughs> how did the animation work for a Beard and Mirror? I know that Paul is able to walk and put on sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lizzo just drew it all. <laughs> I don't I don't know what sort of... She used Photoshop. She drew it basically, a lot of it pixel by pixel. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We, uh, we could have her on the frame. podcast sometime to yeah. talk about it. Oh, yeah, every individual frame. She drew every frame, yeah. So, I mean, that's why there... Wow. In parts, there aren't a lot of animation in the game. Like, <laughs> especially towards the end, we would, like... I would, the des- I would have written in the design document, like, this big elaborate animation... And we'd get to that point where, like, oh my god, we, Paul, come on, we cannot do this. And we would, uh, <laughs> we would do something like, and then the game fades to black, and you hear a sound effect, and then it fades back in, and you see the result of what <laughs> happened. So, like, there's a part where a tree falls in the woods, for example. Um, so you fade to black, you hear the sound of the tree hitting the ground, and then you come back in, and the tree is on the ground. Um, that's something I thought people were going to complain about in the game, but um, I haven't heard any criticism to that effect, so I guess we did it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, there are a lot of professional studios that do that trick, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good trick. Not to belabor this too much, but another way we could limit the number of animations in, in the game if we were to make one uh, would be to make it in the first-person perspective. That way we wouldn't have to animate the character doing anything because you wouldn't see the character. That might make it a little easier. Yeah, that's what a lot of, um, I guess, escape room puzzles. I think there are a lot of like um, really short games like that actually in existence. I know there was one I had on my phone for yeah. a while. I think people like it because it's short. It's just something I can play on my phone for like 10 minutes and then never have to worry about the game again. So, I mean, a lot of those, or the ones I played, literally just dump you into a room and say escape, 
and, and if you're lucky, you get one sentence of story for why you're trapped inside a pyramid or wherever. Yeah, well, see, that's why. So if we wanted to do an idea like that, that's why we'd, we'd have to be pretty creative in coming up with the premise, I think, because we'd have to have a reason why people would play this game as opposed to any of the other 600 room escape style games there are. Or, I mean, we could do something that's not a room escape, too, if that's if that's just too generic. Mm-hmm. You know what? This reminds me of something I wanted to talk about at the uh, end of the previous podcast, where we talked about things we want to see in video games. And I feel like I was trying to dance around um, this one particular game I'm playing, Immortal Love, The Price of a Miracle. And it's the sequel to uh, Immortal Love, uh, Letter from the Past. <laughs> the names of these games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Immortal Love, Letter from the Past was really amazing. It was like there's this time travel element, though. It, it was weird for, uh, you don't usually have like time travel things in uh, a game like that. But basically, you know, he he had the ability to, uh, like, time travel, I think, like, 15 seconds into the past or something like that. So basically, it'd be like, okay, well, he has a, a puzzle getting out of a tree. And, oops, if he goes down that way, he gets arrested by guards. So he travels back in time. And now the puzzle is to figure out how to drop a, a, a net on the guards so he can actually escape for real. And, I don't know, it was just a really cool time travel element, and uh, the love story was uh, was okay. It was like, I, I'm totally forgetting what the story is, but somebody's, like, um, given amnesia. Just basically wipe the memory uh, of your, your, your long-lost fiancé or something like that. And uh, what I'm trying to say is I really, really like that game. And so um, the second game, I like it, but it's totally not a sequel, if that makes sense. It feels like they took another game and kind of shoehorned it into the license so they could say they've got a series. Yeah, they were like, this first game sold really well, so let's say this is a sequel to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's something which happens uh, in in the uh, like casual adventure-style games that I play, where it's like, we've got a series, but the games really aren't related. There's no overarching story. It's rare that, like, game number three will require you to have played games one and two and know what happened in games one and two. And so that's something I don't like, because if you get a really good entry in the series, it's not going to be followed up on. But I guess, I guess on the, on the bright side, if you get a really bad entry in the series, it's not going to be followed up on, unless it's so bad it destroys the series forever. I've been worrying about that since the la- at the end of the last podcast. I'm like, ooh, I would, that's what I really wanted to complain about, but I didn't want to make it sound like I hated Immortal Love Letter, uh, uh, the, the second game, because it's a great game. It's got, it's long, it's got it's great just, puzzles. Yeah. It's, it's just not a sequel to the first game in any way, shape, <laughs> or form. And in fact, in the Aww. final, the final third of the game, the story just takes a complete U-turn and we, we have to defeat like this ancient evil dragon or something. It's like, where's, where's my time travel? Where's my love story? This, this just means we should make a, a sequel to Cat President that has nothing to do with cats or presidents, I think. Uh, the way we do it is, uh, it would have none of the same characters. No, it'd have, like, one one of the characters would have, like, a two-second cameo. And it, it'd mostly be about, uh, this this, this one cat who, who is, um, trying, is having problems with with their work they're trying to get the big promotion but the promotion was given to a dog instead 
And um, actually, there's a riot in the streets, and our cat gets kidnapped, and he has to find a way to escape and get back to his real job. And spoiler alert, the dog is actually the villain. Um, and uh, yeah, and there'd be like a brief mention of President Thunderpaw or something in the background. And that that's sort yes. of how it would work if we're following the <laughs> the script of, okay, kind of the same idea, but kind of not. It'd still be in a world where, you know, cats walk and talk and do things actually that makes me think of a an idea we could have used for uh the the dlc pseudo sequel that we've been uh working around have, have you ever seen the movie dave no i haven't uh it's about uh, a guy that looks exactly like the u.s president and one day i forget what happens to the actual president but they have to call in dave this just every man to, to stand in and take his place for the next you know couple of weeks or whatever and we could totally do that just run that story just with cats a cat that looks exactly like thunderpaw or frisk actually kale kale would be the one we would do that with uh since yeah this whole storyline was that no one can tell the difference between him and the other cats <laughs> that would be yeah. great yeah no i think uh it's Whatever that one fairy tale story is with a, a, a series with the bad guy, Issa. Uh, usually it's like um, they've got the one character who shows up in every every single game, and like that's how that's how they tie it all together and make it a series. Sure. But other than that, I'm like, no, these are basically you're just making unrelated games, <laughs> trying to tie them together. Yeah, no, I think we should ju- we should just uh, call uh, trapped in a soap opera. We should just call that cat president too. I think. <laughs> Yeah. No, no reference to cats or politics. I was going to ask, have you read <laughs> so. any of the Cat President um, <laughs> sequel stuff yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I started reading through it. It looks pretty good to me. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting it onto our schedule. <laughs> I, I put every single thing in Comic Sans for no particular reason. Yeah, I did see that. And you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I did change it in each in every single document. Yeah, it's um the font I normally use, uh, Garamound, just does not have. Uh, it's not on my iPad. My iPad can't handle it, and so. So you used Comic Sans, and so I re- replaced it with Comic Sans. Yes. Okay, so that's that's enough silliness for now. Uh. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's about it for this episode of Oh a Podcast. Uh, you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfump, which is spelled exactly how it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam and itch.io, or just go to orock.com, and it has the full list there. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud if you'd like. And if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, we would love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, nope. I think that's it. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Yeah, well, I mean, even with um, the main cat president, I think we did a pretty good job, um, I've definitely seen complaints where people say this game's not going to be funny in six months, but I kind of think those people are wrong. Like, aside from Thunderpaw kind of obviously being a riff on Trump, I don't think 
most of the other characters are like really obviously supposed to be stand-ins for other politicians. Like I think the stuff that happens in most of the stories is is fairly unique or unique sounding. Or at least generic enough that is like it's it's really funny actually. Like if you look on the comments of like a popular let's play for the game, you'll see everyone saying like, "Oh my god, Kale is obviously Jeb Bush. Kale is obviously like everyone will say like they'll every character they'll just pick a politician and say he's obviously that person." Like, you know, they'll say that for the the same cat is obviously five different people. Like, it's so funny. It's great, because Crusher is is Jeb Bush. (laughs) 